Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Monday, January 8th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, welcome back. It's uh, the start of a new year. Uh, fresh start here in Cleveland. We'll uh, we'll jump right in with some, some news items uh, that we missed while we were away uh, on a little holiday break. Uh, leading off with a uh, former Guardians pitcher, uh, Zach Plesak, has found a new home uh, on the West Coast. Yeah, one-year deal for Zach uh, with the Angels, a big league contract, um, you know, and this is so good news for Zach. Hopefully he gets to uh, kind of restart his career. Uh, the Angels are definitely looking for uh, pitching after losing uh, Otani, and uh, he's got a chance to, you know, make the back end of that rotation, Joe. What uh, what does Plesak have to do to to sort of maybe you know correct what went wrong here in Cleveland, or is it just a matter of uh, finding uh, you know a fresh start and and maybe getting uh, some some different eyes on him out there, uh, or or is that you know the the pitching coach situation uh, out there in um, in in Los Angeles with uh, under Ron Washington as he takes over as the new manager. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, Joe, he just had a tough go here. When we saw his stuff, you know, uh, kind of decline year to year um, in Cleveland uh, d- this past season, you know, he only made five big league starts. Uh, he got optioned to, uh, you know, he got optioned and then he got DF- DFA. Well, he got uh, designated for assignment and, uh, you know, optioned and designated for assignment from Cleveland. You know, they cleared outright waivers. He agreed to go back to Columbus to uh, keep his salary intact. Uh, and even in Columbus, he didn't pitch well, Joe. He gave up, I, th- I believe, 30 home runs at triple at the triple a level so you know number one he's going to have to keep the ball in in you know in the in the yard uh uh and i think um you know i think you know and i remember talking to carl willis about him and and uh, terry francona last season and uh, they said you know he zach would make all these corrections and look good in the bullpen uh, you know, he would work on the things they wanted him to work on. Things looked good. But then once he got into the game and the adrenaline started pumping, you know, he kind of, you know, he kind of went back to his old habits, maybe trying to overthrow a little too much. And that hurt him. Uh, his time, uh, especially towards uh, the end of his time in Cleveland, was marked by uh, immaturity and, you know, some emotional outbursts and, you know, e- even self-inflicted injuries that were, uh, sort of a problem for him to to stay on the field. Uh, it, do you think it might be easier with the, you know just being a couple thousand miles away on the on the West Coast and you know uh, getting a different mindset out there uh, that some of those issues could be corrected for him as well? 
Yeah, I think he's older now. You know, he's been through the mill now. You know, he's been kind of to the top of the mountain. Now he's seen, you know, the other side of baseball. And if that doesn't uh, humble you, you know, nothing will. You're in the wrong game because this game, you know, you're what what you're one pitch away from being king or or humbled. So, uh, you know, I think uh, you know. Hopefully, this helps Zach and he gets control of his emotions. Uh, you know, and he's always pitched well in in Anaheim, Joe. I think he uh, I, I saw him throw like a four hit complete game out there and uh you know he i think he likes that mound he likes the ballpark so hopefully you know he gets a chance to uh reestablish himself well and the other thing is i i believe uh just from watching and following on social media that uh he welcomed uh his his first child he and his uh um uh, either fiance or I, I i don't know if they they were married uh yet but i i do have seen pictures of him holding a, a brand new baby uh, within the last few months here. So maybe that, uh, you know, presses the reset button for him as well. Uh, another guy who's pressing the reset button, uh, longtime Cleveland uh, mainstay in the outfield, 10 seasons uh, before he, uh, you know, left for Houston uh, was Michael Brantley. Brantley announced his retirement. Uh, just one of the greats over the last, uh, you know, 15 uh, years here uh, in Cleveland, uh, all around, uh, not just uh, in the outfield and left field where he, he held it down for so many years, but then uh, at the plate, just the model of consistency and one of the, the smoothest, prettiest swings you'll, you'll ever see uh, for, for Dr. Smooth there. Uh, he steps away and now is going to spend more time with his kids after 15 seasons, uh, you know, a bunch of injuries in the, the last few years uh, sort of limited him. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he was able to get a ring with the Astros and, and be a contributor on that team. And I know that meant a lot to him as well. Yeah, good dude. And, uh, you know, Dr. Smooth, you know who gave him that nickname? I think D-Man did, didn't he? D-Man did. Dennis Maniloff, former PD uh, baseball writer, sports writer. So, uh, yeah, that was a nickname that stuck and kind of really captured captured the player, Joe. I mean, like you hit on it, like a great swing. Uh, you know, kind of, I remember uh, Francona saying, you know, very, very low maintenance swing, you know, kind of that two taps on the back shoulder mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just kind of nice, even level swing. Uh, there was no launch angle with with Michael Brantley. He wanted to make contact. He wanted to drive the baseball. And, you know, he did it as well as anybody. And you're right, the uh, injuries really took a toll on him and really kind of, uh, you know, shortened his career in Cleveland. Uh, and, well, you know, he, although he had some great seasons in Cleveland, they could have been better if, you know, he hadn't injured that left shoulder. And I, I remember the play that he did it in. Uh, the, the Guardians slash Indians were in uh, Target Field uh, and playing the Twins. There was a drive in the gap in uh, left center field. He dove and kind of, you know, landed on his shoulder. His shoulder was extended and uh, really kind of was really had problems with it the rest of his career. Yeah, and that was at the end of the 2015 season. Yeah. And if you and if you think about it, uh, you know that injury and the carryover from that and his his limitations during the uh, the 2016 season when I think he only made uh, 11 appearances. Uh, you know during that season and had to go back and have more surgery, but that really necessitated um, uh, the Cleveland getting Jose Ramirez into the lineup, and you know I, I believe he. he he spent some time out there in left field to, to start the season. And, uh, you know, it, Brantley's sort of uh, demise that year 
was was sort of the birth of Jose Ramirez uh, becoming sort of a superstar. Yeah, he kind of opened the door there. I think that was year well, 2016, right? I think. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jose Uribe was playing third mm-hmm. and uh, Jose was out in left field and uh, kind of bouncing between third, left, short, second base. And uh, kind of, he just started to hit Joe. And yeah, the rest is history with uh, Jose. But, uh, you know, I remember, uh, you know, on, you know, Brantley working really hard to come back in during that 2016 season. And they, he was activated for the postseason roster, but all that time off, you could tell he just wasn't himself. And thankfully, you know, when he, you know, had to part ways with Cleveland, he got another chance in Houston, like you were saying, and got a chance to win a ring and kind of regained his uh, stature as one of the best hitters in baseball. Well, and he, he, what, four playoff appearances with Cleveland, if you count 2013 uh, in the wild card, and, uh, you know, five consecutive playoff appearances. He was never, uh, you know, not on a team. He was never on, he, he never missed the, the wild card, or I'm sorry, the, the ALCS round of the playoffs uh, in, in five seasons with the uh, the Astros, even, if, even though he was hurt in a few of those seasons. Uh, you know, it was just a model of consistency and winning that, uh, that he was able to to be a part of those clubs. So, uh, and you know, just from from being around him, and you know, his 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 dad was always around with the you know, helping him with the a swing swing coach. He was a personal hitting coach, uh, and, and you know, Mickey uh, Brantley, you know, obviously a former major leaguer himself. So, uh, just a, a really good. Uh, experiences here in Cleveland, uh, for him. And, uh, you know, he, he, he basically, he was, uh, he's probably the greatest player to be named later acquisition in, uh, in Cleveland history. Uh, if, if you look back on it, uh, he came over in the, uh, the CC Sabathia trade. Yeah, no doubt about it. He saved that trade, Joe. I mean, <laughs> just think the, who do, who they get? Rob, Matt. Robbie Bryson, Zach, Zach Jackson, and Matt Laporta. I was going to say Matt Laporta guys. was the one. Yeah. Yeah, for CC and and uh, and they didn't know that uh, you know who they get. Uh, it was b- between Brantley and I believe there was another minor league infielder that they would get at the end of the year, and it depended on whether or not uh, CC uh, and the and the Brewers who they traded him, to, you know, who they you got who he got traded to, if, whether they made the postseason. And I think when they made made the postseason, they got Brantley. If I'm if I'm recalling that right. Yeah, so there were probably a few high fives back then in the uh, in the the Cleveland front office when uh, when the the Brewers advanced for sure. Uh, speaking of another guy who uh, needs to uh, retool his swing, uh, if we're going back to to Plesac there, uh, Framil Reyes uh, apparently we we saw reports uh, on online that uh, he's looking at the possibility of, of playing in Japan next season. Uh, Reyes obviously uh, a few seasons here in Cleveland. Uh, but then uh, sort of a rapid decline, uh, the, the, the strikeouts uh, kept piling up and, 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 you know, adjustments were not made. Uh, Framo Reyes was cut loose. He bounced around from Kansas City uh, to Chicago, a couple other places, uh, and has been playing, uh, you know, winter ball in the Dominican Republic. But now it uh, looks like he's going to get an opportunity uh, in, in Japan uh, he, he will definitely stand out uh, in, in, among Japanese baseball players, uh, a pretty big guy uh, out there uh, when he, he does get a chance to go play in, in Japan. What do you think of uh, – uh, does, does Framo Reyes have a future 
maybe getting back into Major League Baseball. He's still pretty young. Yeah, he's only 28, Joe. Maybe he could uh, pull a Cecil Fielder, go over there, uh, you know, rediscover his swing, rediscover his power, get in shape, and, uh, you know, get in better better physical conditioning. And uh, because, you know, obviously, geez, what he's still got the power. He's got a, you know, he's a yeah. huge guy. And, you know, if he can um, adjust to Japanese pitching, you know, I think uh, make a, you know, have two or three good, maybe two, maybe one, two, you know, good years over there. He He's still young enough to come back and, and play well here and, and reestablish himself in the big leagues. But Joe, I mean, what, what, you know, right now he, he's, he's a opportunity missed, you know, you look at, you know, his numbers uh, in, in uh, 2000, uh, what, 2020, mm-hmm. uh, 21. I mean, 21, 21. 30 mm-hmm. home runs, 85 RBIs, 254 batting average, uh, you know, 150 in 115 games. And in 2022, when they really, when Cleveland really needed him, you know, he was the missing ingredient on that ball club. And just mm-hmm. think how that ball club still won 92 games, you know, got to game five of the ALDS. And unfortunately, uh, you know, Franmo came to camp out of shape. He got hurt. They they let him go, you know, early, you know, at the midway point, and uh, you know, and that was that he he was he supplied he was going to supply the what the the one ingredient they lacked was power, and uh, you know he just didn't do it, and uh, you know the the club overcame that, but to think of that lineup, you know, with a uh, you know a healthy and and con- well conditioned Fran Mill Reyes. It, it's a different ball club, and it could have gone a little farther in the postseason, perhaps. Yeah, the, the one thing that they needed was uh, the, the protection uh, for for Jose Ramirez, the the pop they would have provided, and you know, once in a while you need to win a game by hitting uh, a three run home run, and uh, certainly Framel Reyes was was somebody who could do that. It was just that the the strikeouts were there, and he never made the adjustments that they. Uh, they needed him to make, and uh, you know it, it just didn't work out here in Cleveland. Maybe he gets another shot with uh, with a ball club in the in the major leagues at some point. That's a I, you pulled that Cecil Fielder comp out of the uh, out of the air there. That's uh, that's a good example, man, of a guy whose you know career sort of took off after he came back from uh, a stint overseas. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens to Framil. Certainly a good guy and, and fun to deal with in, in the media. So. Uh, we, we wish him nothing but the best. Uh, speaking of nothing but the best, the Yankees are still looking for uh, the best uh, available pitcher in a trade out there. Uh, and uh, there's uh, been renewed chatter that, you know, possibly there's uh, if they're they're looking at maybe so- trying to sign Blake Snell. They're looking at maybe trying to sign Jordan Montgomery. Uh, if if those things fall through, maybe they turn their attentions to uh, Shane Bieber. Or, or trying to acquire a Dylan Cease. Uh, what are you hearing? What's the latest on uh, the Beaver trade market uh, for uh, for the Yankees? Yeah, Joe. I mean, obviously they need starting pitching. Um, uh, do they, you know, you know, do they go to the, you know, to the top of the, the free agent class with the Snell or Montgomery, or do they try to make a trade? Uh, you know, 
uh, you know, the Juan Soto deal kind of wiped their prospects out or took a lot of their top, you know, the top tier prospects. And, uh, you know, so, you know, that that may us, you know, kind of uh, made it made it a little tougher to make a deal with, a, you know, with a team like Cleveland, um, you know, but, you know, also, you know, the Yankees probably aren't going to give up that much because there's only one year left on Bieber's contract. I don't know. You know, obviously he's he said um you know that he might be open to an, an extension to a team that got tr- that he got traded to, but uh, you know I don't know. I, you know he said that in Cleveland as well, and he never signed an extension. So um, you know we'll see how that works. But you know he's you know right now Joe, I think the odds are he opens the season in Cleveland. But yeah. you know I, we'll we'll see how that works out. Yeah, it's feeling more and more like a situation where he's going to be a hired gun at the trade deadline. Uh, and then, you know, he's got, uh, he becomes a free agent at the end of the year and then tests the open market. And, you know, he, I think he, he's, he wants that sort of, uh, th- that feeling of teams competing for him, uh, that you can't necessarily get when you're, you know, when you've been traded to a team and signed an extension that way. Uh, it, it, it feels like, you know, he sort of wants to be the guy at next year's winter meetings that everybody's talking about and, or, or among those uh, that that crop of, of free agents, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, as far as uh, a trade that did happen with the Yankees uh, happened uh, around Christmas time, and uh, you know during the the week there in between uh, Christmas and New Year's, uh, the Guardians did send uh, a right-handed pitcher Cody Morris uh, to New York and. Uh, he, uh, in, in exchange, they got uh, a AAA center fielder who's out of options in Estevan Florial. Uh, what do we know about Florial uh, as as far as you know where he could fit in in the outfield picture, which is suddenly becoming a little more crowded for Cleveland? Yeah, Joe, got an interesting guy. You know, at one time he was uh, one the Yankees' top prospect, top uh, minor league prospect. He's played for parts of four seasons in the big leagues, never really kind of established himself, uh, but had is coming off a really a big year at AAA this past season. Hit 28 home runs, uh, stole a bunch of bases. So we've got a guy that can run, that has some pop, uh, and. Uh, that really kind of, you know, kind of jumps out at you when you think of the Cleveland outfield because, uh, you know, what they combined to hit 18 home runs last season. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, uh, if you got a guy that, that hit 28 home runs at AAA and can, and can play center field, well, that's going to peel, you know, that, that has to put, uh, you know, that has to put a lot of, I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys, you know, sitting there thinking, well, you know, we've got to we've got to come to camp ready because the competition has been uh, ratcheted up a little bit. You've got uh, an outfield right now with Florial uh, in there. You've got Will Brennan, Florial, Quan, Ramon Laureano, uh, Miles Straw. Uh, you know, you've got guys, rookies uh, it, it, like George Valera, who's going to get a look um, at some point. And. Um, you know, John Kenzie Noel is on the 40 man roster. Uh, Jonathan Rodriguez is out there. He had a monster year in the minors for, uh, for Cleveland's farm system. So, so really the, the mix is pretty crowded right now. Uh, if you look at that and, and you could still maybe try and add somebody via trade, uh, if that's possible. Uh, 
What do you think the chances are that Florio breaks camp with this club uh, since he's out of options? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think he's going to get a – well, obviously, you know, you, 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 they either have to trade him, he's got to make the club, or you put him on waivers at the end of spring training. So a big spring for, uh, for Florio. And, uh, you know, I think they need to do something in the outfield, Joe. They, I mean, and it doesn't seem like they're going to make a, you know, a big acquisition free agent wise. We still, you know, the, the trademark, the trade market has been relatively quiet from Cleveland's point of view. And uh, maybe this is, maybe this is their trade. Maybe this is the yeah. trade that kind of, you know, won an under the radar deal that, um, you know, turns in, you know, that, that turns into something good for them. Uh, because they certainly can use it, and that outfield certainly needs an upgrade. Uh, you know, and in Cody Morris, uh, Joe, I, I don't think they, you know, this was a guy whose arm they always liked, but could never stay healthy. Right. That was the big deal. Is it was what two consecutive spring trainings where he he injured a, a, a terrace major uh, muscle or, or or something along those lines, and and was slowed in coming out of spring training. Uh, and, and then had to, you know, join the club. And then, and then they, they didn't know if they wanted to keep him as a starter last year or bouncing back and forth in the bullpen. And, and that sort of played on him a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I, I maybe a, a, an opportunity and a fresh start with the Yankees is, is what, uh, what Morris needs. But, you know, we'll see uh, if he if somehow figures out a way to stay healthy uh, for New York. Maybe New York picked up uh, a, an arm that can give them some depth, and, and that's something they need. Yeah, because the arm is there, Joe. I mean, he's just got to be able to consistently, uh, you know, in whatever role, it, you know, the uh, the Yankees put him in, that he can consistently contribute. And this is a guy that still has two options left, Joe. So, you know, he can move up and down a little bit. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and, and a nice guy, good guy to talk to, uh, you know, tough to see him go uh, from the organization. But, uh, you know, uh, trades happen and we'll see if Florio works out for them. I uh, wanted to touch on before we get going here. Uh, I saw a stat come across uh, on, on uh, social media uh, the other day. Uh, to this point, uh, the Dodgers uh, were, were either close or have reached uh, an agreement with Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, to you know, it's like I believe it was like a thirty-eight million dollar uh, contract, something like that. Uh, so right now, that brings their total spending in the offseason uh, this year to over. $1.02 billion in uh, in spending, if you include that monster uh, Shohei Otani contract. Uh, the entire uh, Major League Baseball, every other Major League Baseball team combined has spent $1.22 billion uh, to this point in the offseason. Uh, so the Dodgers are outspending all of baseball on their own. Uh, it, it, it's just, it, and it's, uh, it almost looks like a cartoon. It looks like a, a video game roster that they're going to be able to put together. Is this pretty much the, the Dodgers going completely all in and saying it's a, it's a world series or bust this year. Yeah, I think Joe, you know, this is a team that wins a hundred games a year anyways, no matter mm-hmm. what roster they have. So, you know, I think this is, you know, obviously, yeah, they're, they're going for it. And, uh, you know, the thing that set this all up, set this all in motion was Otani's contract and his decision to defer so much money where he's only making two million a year, you know, for the next 10 years. And that's, that led them, that has let them be able to add a Hernandez and a, uh, who was a kid from Tampa Bay, uh, um, the, the Tyler pitcher. Glass from, now. 
Yeah, Paul Glasnow and, and Yamamoto, you know, that's and, and, and Hernandez now. So, you know, that really kind of set the table. They were able to add a lot of and I think even Hernandez's contract, a lot of it's reportedly is deferred. So, uh, you know, just uh, the, this is they're, they're definitely going all in and um, we'll have to see how it works because we thought the, the Mets were going all in and they, yeah. they didn't even make the postseason. $454 million Met team that didn't make the playoffs. Are the Dodgers done is the big question. Are they done spending this offseason? Are they done acquiring players this offseason? Or is there more for them to do? Uh, and, you know, obviously they're going to be a player at the trade deadline as well. Uh, if they think they need a piece uh, in the bullpen or in the rotation, they'll, they'll go out and, and try to make a deal there. Uh, but do you think right now that they're done in terms of spending this offseason? I don't think so, Joe. I think, you know, they have they have a lot of starting pitching, but some of it, you know, is questionable. Otani's, you know, hurt, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, I, and there's a couple other guys that are question marks of whether they'll come back, you know, at, at what time they'll come back uh, this season. So you're speaking uh, about Clayton Kershaw, of course. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, Dustin May. And, um, yeah, so, you know, they might add a, like, a, who knows, uh, if they're able to trade for a pitcher, Shane Bieber, like in the fourth or fifth spot on a one-year deal, who knows? Yeah, I think Shane Bieber would, would welcome an opportunity to, to go back to Southern California and pitch, uh, even though I think he, he grew up a, an, an Angels fan, uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, wearing the Dodger blue might be, uh, you know, a, a real treat for him at some point. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, uh, we're going to get into later on this week uh, in a, a future podcast. Uh, we are going to break down the top nine pitchers and the top nine position players uh, in the American League Central Division. Uh, we've talked about those. Or we've had some posts on those in the last couple of days here on Cleveland.com. Uh, we'll get into the weeds on those over the next couple of days, and uh, we'll continue breaking down some of our players uh, on the roster, try to wrap up the uh, the 40-man roster here before we get to Guards Fest uh, later on this month. Uh, January starting to pick up now. We can see uh, we can see real baseball uh, in the future. Uh, February 24th, the first spring training game. So uh, let's uh, set our sights on that and 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 sprint to the finish line. We'll get to uh, to spring training games here uh, sooner rather than later here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, We'll talk to you again tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.